Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Just ahead of Secretary of State Antony Blinken's trip to China, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford is raising concerns over China's human rights abuses, specifically those persecuted for their beliefs. We spoke to the senator earlier. Senator James Lankford, thank you so much for joining us. Very glad to be able to do it. Senator, you've penned a letter to Secretary of State uh, Antony Blinken just ahead of his trip to China. Uh, you specifically focused in on the issue of human rights, atrocities in China. Uh, why did you do that? So my fear was that uh, Secretary of State would be going to China to be able to talk about climate change, to talk about economic activity, to talk about free trade issues, and we leave out kind of the elephant in the room here, and that is the human rights and atrocities that are happening in China every single day. And I want to make sure they weren't going to talk about economic opportunities and trade and climate issues and leaving out uh, the people of China and what they continue to be able to face under this regime uh, day after day after day. So we, we as Americans should use our diplomatic power uh, to be able to speak in other countries, to talk about free press, uh, freedom of expression, freedom of religion. Uh, we should do that in every opportunity that we have. Uh, when the Secretary of State Pompeo and then Blinken then followed up and declared what's happening to the Uyghur Muslims is genocide, we should take that seriously and there should be consequences for it. And I just don't want them to just ignore that when they go. To your point, so often when world leaders meet with Chinese officials, they lightly touch upon human rights or not at all. Oftentimes people say to the behest of the uh, CCP. Right, and I think that is the issue. Uh, for instance, when John Kerry is talking to the Chinese, it's all about environmental climate change and all those issues. Fine, it's fine to be able to talk about those, those issues, but we should talk about the immediate human rights issues as well. We can't negotiate on one area and leave people behind in basic human rights and dignity. And to your point, you mentioned in your letter multiple groups that are being persecuted, religious minorities. You specifically, you mentioned uh, the Falun Gong practitioners. In 2006, it was exposed that live organ harvesting was taking place there and now we're seeing that happening to the Uyghurs. Perhaps if people were speaking out such as yourself right now, that could have been avoided. Yeah, the, the, the hope is, is to be able to expose it. The, the Chinese government doesn't like daylight. Uh, they, they don't want people to expose what they're doing on the world stage because they're embarrassed of what they would do. So they want to do it all behind closed doors and say it's not happening at all. But when the world focuses in on it, we do see a difference in China and a response. So the best thing that we can do is shine a light there and to say this is inappropriate. No one in humanity should accept this or acknowledge this. This is what the cartels do and the ruthless regimes do. We shouldn't see a government actually supporting this. And for the people that live under communist rule in China uh, that have no choice, no options, no ability to be able to speak out freely. Uh, this is an area that we need to speak on their behalf. Uh, in the biblical perspective that I have, you speak for those who can't speak for themselves, and that should be where we're coming from. Senator, the, uh, it's, it's a bit of an open secret in Washington that the CCP indirectly or directly lobbies uh, Washington, D.C. How do you stop this machine? Again, uh, you've got a very large communist government with a lot of connections to a lot of American businesses. Uh, they're going to continue to say, if you want to do business uh, with the billion people that are in China, you need to help us with XYZ. And so some of it's not formal lobbying. Uh, some of it's kind of around the edges using American companies uh, to be able to do their bidding. Uh, they want to be able to maintain that market share. And so they continue to be able to speak out. The best way to do that is truth and information. Uh, if truth and information is out there, people, people can't just say, we'll just ignore this over here and just pretend that we need a big market over here. 
truth, facts, information that wins the day out. So just exposing what's occurring, like what's happening to the Uyghurs, like what's happening to the people in Hong Kong, as they're losing their ability to be able to speak freely. These freedoms that they've had for so long, they're now just disappearing overnight uh, based on Chinese oppression. We should speak out about that and then we should respond differently. Now, in your letter to the Secretary of State, um, you said, in the midst of China's ongoing barbaric acts of aggression against its own people, now is the time to not look the other way. Why do so many world leaders look the other way? And do you think America will continue to hold on to its role as leader of the free world? Yeah, America should maintain its role as the leader of the free world. Whether we will or not is going to be a decision leaders in the White House and others in Congress are going to make. Uh, there are people now that are turning away from China and turning away from the rest of the world and saying, uh, it's 10 time zones away, why do I care? That doesn't really affect my daily life. Uh, it does. Uh, we are affected by what happens globally in those relationships. We, we, we shouldn't be just an economic issue. It should also be just a basic human rights and dignities. We should care about the, the future for other people around the world. That's a position we've been in as a country for a very long time. And quite frankly, our 250 year now experiment with freedom has shown we're the most prosperous, most successful nation in the history of the world because we have a free press, because we have freedom of expression, because we allow freedom of assembly, freedom of dissent, freedom of faith, and to be able to live that out, that you can have any faith you want, change your faith or have no faith and be respected. That's not true in China for any of those rights and for the people that live under those. And they can't continue to just be able to advertise, look what a great country we are economically, but look how oppressed their own people are. We should speak into those areas. That's the position as a world leader that we're in, is to be able to set the tone. Senator James Lankford, thank you so much. You bet, glad to be able to visit with you again. Earlier today at the International Religious Freedom Summit, I sat down with co-chair Katrina Lanto-Sweat. We talked about the bipartisan support for this cause and also the challenges they're facing. Katrina Lanto-Sweat, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure, thank you for having me. Of course, the International Religious Freedom Summit, a lot of blood, sweat and tears poured into it. Uh, tell us why you do it and what your mission is. Well, um, there are a growing number of people who believe that freedom of religion, conscience and belief really is the foundational human right. So many of our other precious rights flow from it. Freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press. And sadly, in many parts of the world, China is certainly the biggest offender when it comes to this. This very basic human right is trampled upon and crushed by governments. And when that happens, all sorts of other bad things happen, um, including you know, promoting extremism, social tensions, uh, threats of terrorism, you name it, there are all sorts of very, very dire consequences that come when people are denied this most basic freedom. So we do it because we believe in this cause. It's an opportunity to bring advocates, experts, academicians, political leaders, religious leaders, survivors of religious persecution together. Um, both to network and build the community, to learn from one another, to adopt best practices. So we're, we're passionate about it, we believe in it deeply, and, uh, and it's very exciting now in the third year of the summit to see this movement really growing. You know, one of the things I was struck by was the bipartisan nature of this event. On the stage, the main stage, you have uh, Chairman, uh, Representative uh, Michael McCall and Representative Jim McGovern just really coming together and sharing the same vision in this. Uh, tell us about that. 
Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is one of the things I feel so strongly about, that this is one of the rare issues that transcends a lot of the divides we see in our politics and in our society, and really more than transcends them, overcomes them. People come together around this issue as well they should. Um, you know, you can't really defend your own conscience rights, your own right to to believe as you wish to believe, worship as you wish to worship, if you're not ready to stand up and defend the rights of others. So it really is a profoundly unifying issue and we have gone out of our way to emphasize just that point, that this is bipartisan in nature. I'm a Democrat, lifelong Democrat, my very distinguished co-chair, Ambassador Sam Brownback, a lifelong Republican, probably lots of political issues we don't agree on, but on this we are so unified. As you say, Chairman McCall and Jim McGovern, they don't vote the same way on almost anything. I think Jim McGovern said they probably couldn't even agree on lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But they agree on this, and that shows you how fundamental it is. Who among us does not want to have that inherent dignity and respect that comes with saying, you get to live your life according to the dictates of your conscience, and you have your place at the table in our society? That's not the case everywhere in the world. Representative McGovern mentioned when they were pushing through the uh, China legislation regarding human rights, there was a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, interference from lobbyists mm -hmm. and, and corporations and things like that. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that firsthand? I know you have sponsors and, and, and things like that. How big of a challenge is that? Well, it's a big challenge, um, not in terms of our sponsors, because we go to people who we know are kind of fellow travelers, if you will, but the power of the almighty dollar, the almighty uh, yuan is, is not insignificant. And it is often very disheartening to see the way that many of our major corporate players um, are willing to kind of virtue signal when there's no actual cost attached to it. But when it comes to really standing up for human rights and religious freedom in problematic parts of the world where they make a lot of money, suddenly they are nowhere to be seen. I think the best example of that is the NBA and Ennis Cantor Freedom. Here you have a talented um, NBA star who dared to wear a pair of shoes, as many of his fellow players had, on a whole host of social justice causes here in the United States, and God bless them and more power to them. But when he dared to put on a pair of shoes that said free Tibet or, you know, stop the Uyghur genocide, um, he basically became blackballed by the NBA. He was driven out of the game he loves, the career he loved. Why? Pressure from China, pure and simple. And shame on them. Shame on them, this is an American institution, the National Basketball Association. They make hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars annually, but they were not ready to stand by one of their own when he was in the right on a human rights issue for fear of, uh, of angering their paymasters in, in Beijing. I, I think they should be ashamed of themselves. And part of our job is to make them ashamed. Part of our job is to say, you know, Basketball is a great game. We love it. We all cheer for our teams, but you should be ashamed because you buckled in the face of risking a little bit of money, maybe a lot of money, but not enough to break you. This is a, this is a powerful, powerful entity 
China couldn't have broken them. And furthermore, furthermore, if they had stood together and the NBA had said, this is one of our own. This, this is a cause he believes in, and he has the right to wear those shoes because we have allowed other players to wear jerseys and shoes with political messages. China eventually would have, would have bent because the Chinese people love basketball. And if all of the NBA said, no, 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 we're not going along with this, something would have changed for the better. So that kind of craven buckling under to threats from dictatorial regimes, in the long run, it never ends well for those who behave that way. It never does. And they can't really, in, in good conscience, look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm proud of what I did. And they, they don't, they, they should be ashamed. Dr. Katrina Lanza-Sweat, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.